You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily Florida State Seminoles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to the Locked On Seminoles podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's been a really busy week for me and I'm sure it has for everybody else. It's been a Florida State fan trying to keep up with what, uh, what's going on with Florida State's offensive coordinator search. We've got a lot to talk about today, uh, so I'm going to get right into it in just a minute. First things first, if this is your first time listening to the Locked on Seminoles podcast, first of all, welcome. I'm Wayne McGahee III, Florida State beat writer for the Tallahassee Democrat. I covered Florida State for the last four years. I cover football, baseball, basketball, and recruiting. going to talk a little bit uh, about uh, about f- what Florida State is doing on the recruiting trail a little bit later in this podcast, but for football, I cover every home game, away game, bowl game, doesn't matter. For basketball, I cover every home game, as well as any postseason basketball games. And then for baseball, it's the same. So I have a pretty good idea of what's going on around the Florida State program. So we're going to jump right into it. Florida State's ongoing coaching search. It's been uh, it's been 10 days since Walt Bell left to become the head coach at UMass. That's you know kind of a long time. And Florida State doesn't have an offensive coordinator. The early signing period starts next week. But there are only a few offensive recruits that um, that will be signing. <clears throat> so it's not as big of a deal if Florida State doesn't have an offensive coordinator by then. Obviously, it's, it you know that would be ideal. But um, at this point, that may not happen. Um, so you know uh, we'll we'll just have to wait and see on that. But Florida State's honed in on Kendall Bryles as its primary target. Hugh Freeze was the top target on the board. Um, he, he was the top target on the board once, you know, what's Kingsbury, who was really never never a real target because he was going to either USC or he's going to go to the NFL. Um, he wasn't really a real target because Florida State, like, inquired about him, but there was, like, no mutual interest there from what I've gathered. Um, <clears throat> Hugh Freeze, there was mutual interest. Florida State was negotiating with uh, with Freeze when uh, Liberty offered him the head coaching position. He decided to take that, and Florida State went to its next option, which is Houston offensive coordinator Kendall Bryles. Um, the last uh, the last time I was uh, I was on this podcast, we talked about you know how Bryles was going to meet with Willie on Sunday. That happened. Um, they are still discussing things at this point. Uh, I do expect Kendall Bryles to become the next offensive coordinator at Florida State. Um, at at this point, I'm not sure when it'll be announced, but I do expect that to happen. Um, I don't think Florida State's, you know, I mentioned in, on, uh, I believe it was Tuesday, that Larry Fedora, or last week as well, that Larry Fedora was a target. Florida State and Fedora had some communication, but it looks like they've honed in on Kendall Bryles, and I expect them to get a deal done. Uh, at this point, not sure when that deal gets announced or when it gets done, but can, I, I do expect Kendall Bryles to be uh, the next offensive coordinator at Florida State. And, you know, I think Willie... Uh, Willie obviously knows that that's going to happen, and I think that's what he's going to share with the offensive recruits um, if it doesn't get done before before the early signing period, which at this point it wouldn't surprise me if that does happen. Um, 
Bryles, you know, that the whole Baylor scandal thing, I, I don't want to get into that. Um, frankly, I don't know enough about it to go in and, and, you know, try to parse through things. And I'm not, you know, I'm not going to defend him because I just don't know enough about it, right? Um, I've done my research, but I don't have all the facts and I'm just not going to, I'm not, I'm just not going to jump in and try to, uh, try to explain why Florida State thinks this is a good hire or, you know, why, or what, what happened in that situation. I just, I don't know enough. I don't know enough about it. I don't, I didn't do the vetting of him. He's been vetted at FAU and Houston and Obviously, if Florida State's gotten to the point to where uh, they believe a deal will get done, then they've vetted him as well. So I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to get into the whole Baylor stuff. What I do know is that Kendall Bryles is one of the best offensive coordinators in the country. Um, from a pure, pure football perspective, his offenses have been fantastic. They, I mean, he's had... Uh, one of the best offenses in the country, three of his four years as an offensive coordinator. The one year that he didn't have a top 10-11 offense, I think uh, 11th was his was his lowest this past year at Houston, um, according to the S&P Plus rankings, which you know, it takes into account a whole bunch of different things, and it's a much better way to, way to look at uh, how well an offense or defense is performing um, because of that, but the one year that he didn't was the year after the Baylor scandal happened when they had multiple transfers go out, including Jarrett Stidham, who ended up at Auburn and is now going pro. But, you know, his offense have been explosive. They've been balanced for the most part. Uh, at FAU, it wasn't really balanced because the quarterback wasn't very good. And the running back, Devin Singletary, was extremely good. So, um, he does, I mean, he does a really good job of, and, Part of the thing that makes this match from a football perspective work is that Willie's Gulf Coast offense is built somewhat on the Baylor offense. Um, the wide spreads of the wide receivers, that, that came from Baylor. Willie and his USF staff went out there and studied what Baylor was doing and then took some of the pieces that they wanted and put it into the Gulf Coast offense. Basically, the wide receivers are out, uh, go out extremely wide. It makes it forces the defense to declare whether or not it's you know how many minutes going to put in the box and where the blitzes are going to come from and stuff like that. So that's the idea behind it. Um, and Bryles has been extremely successful running his offense. There's no question about that. Um, now the question remains if he will be bringing uh, coaches with him. I've heard a, a few coach, a few different coaches mentioned. I do think that he will be bringing in uh, Randy Clements, the offensive line coach from Houston, who he worked with at Baylor for nine nine seasons, I believe, um, and then worked with again at Houston this past year. So I, I think that he's going to, I, I do think that he's going to end up at Florida State, which means that at least one coach that's currently on the staff is going to have to uh, be either be removed from staff and put, you know, taken it and put into an off-field role or is going to have to, uh, you know, just get fired outright. Um, Alonzo Hampton, Florida State special teams coach, is not expected to return to the special teams coach role next year. Uh, whether he gets fired or moved into an off-field role, 
that remains to be seen, but at this point, he is not expected to be in the special teams role um, next season. So that opens up one spot, but it also creates a position where Florida State has two offensive line coaches. Uh, Greg Fry did coach offensive tackles and tight ends at Michigan before he came to Florida State. So, you know, that that's still a possibility, and then you'd have to move Telly Lockett, maybe special teams. I don't know if that's going to happen at this point um, because the tight ends in the Gulf Coast offense and the offense that Willie Taggart is trying to run and Kendall Bryles runs is, uh, is a lot different than the offense at Michigan, which, is ha- which has more inline blocking. So, you know, it, it remains to be seen if... Um, if Fry can take and and coach you know coach the tight ends when in in this type of offense, so we'll have to wait and see on that. I'm not exactly sure uh, what's going to happen on that one, but I do expect uh, at this point Randy Clements to probably end up on staff at Florida State if once uh, once this deal is ironed out. So um, that's that's really all we know at this point. We're just playing a waiting game. Waiting for the uh, waiting for the news to drop, and that's really all we can do at this point. You know, we I expect the deal to get done, and who knows when that happens. But that's going to do it for uh, this portion of the Locked On Seminoles podcast. We'll be back in the second section talking about Josh Ball, and then finally we'll talk about some recruiting at the. Um, in the end, we'll talk about uh, in, in the final section of the Locked on Seminoles podcast. But before we get into that, are you sick and tired of paying for 20 channels you never watch when you just want to see your team win? Sling TV, is the, Sling TV is the best way to watch college football. It gives you the live TV you love only better. There's no useless channels, no long-term contracts, no hidden fees, and you can cancel anytime. You know, $30 a month gets you the ESPN, the Pac-12 Network, the SEC Network, probably the ACC Network when it comes out next August, and many, many more sports channels. And you can stream on your big screen and all your favorite devices. So sign up for Sling TV and get a seven-day free trial. Locked On listeners can get their seven-day free trial by going to sling.com forward slash locked on. That's S-L-I-N-G dot com forward slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Thank you for sticking with me as we head into this second segment. I'm going to continue this segment talking about uh, Josh Ball. We're going to do a little bit of of that. Um, Ball tweeted out today that he is not planning to return to Florida State. He said that he, he thanks the Florida State coaches and the administration, but he just doesn't plan to return to Florida State. He said he... He was cleared and in good standing to do so by the Florida State Administration. Um, I'm not sure how accurate that is. From what I gathered is that the the powers that be at Florida State weren't going to let him return. Um, you know, I got that a, a couple a couple days ago. But from from what I was told, he wasn't going to be allowed to return regardless, which I think is the correct move. From Florida State, especially you know, with the hiring of Bryles and all that, Florida State did not need a guy who was suspended from the university for dating violence, um, and then had to go to JUCO and then was trying to come back. It was just it would have been a bad situation for everybody, and you know, it, even from a football perspective, Ball would probably be the best offensive lineman Florida State had this year if he had stayed on campus. 
but he still wasn't great. I mean, he was, according to Pro Football Focus, he was in the bottom half of all tackles in the country. Now, granted, he was thrown into the fire. He was a redshirt freshman uh, in 2017. Sorry. In 2017, he was thrown into the fire. He was a redshirt freshman, and he had to play left tackle. And it was, you know, it just did, it didn't go very well. And he, Florida State's left tackle position was awful this year, and he probably would have been the best one that Florida State had. But he's still not a major upgrade at the position. And it would like it's... You know, it, it just didn't make much sense from, for in, in any, any part of that, it didn't make any sense. Florida State trying to bring him back. I understand that they're trying to get bodies in. They need to upgrade the talent at at tackle drastically. Um, but it just it didn't make sense because he's not, he, he wasn't that good when he was at Florida State. And... You know he was uh he was moved to right tackle before the season started. It just it wasn't a good situation. I think Florida State made the the right decision. I think Ball made the right decision to move on. He said he's going to go play football closer to his family. So I think that uh, that's probably the best that this could have gone for for all parties involved, just because of the way everything panned out the first time, and then the backlash that. Florida State was getting for even considering bringing him back. Uh, his the woman who accused him of dating violence, you know, came out with a very strong statement, um, saying that she thinks Florida State can recruit uh, better men and better players. And you know, I I don't know about the the better men part. Like I said, she, she accused him of dating violence. She got. It's not a restraining order, but I'm struggling to come up with the right word. He wasn't allowed to go within 500, um, 500 feet of her place of business and wasn't allowed in the nursing building at Florida State um, or allowed to contact her or her family. So, And then the university found enough to have him suspended for, you know, suspended from the university. So it's, it's a tough... You know, it's a it's a tough situation for Josh. I'm sure that he wanted to come back to Florida State. You know, he made a decision not to come back to Florida State, but you know, this is the uh, the choices he made if if paved the paved the way for this. So I didn't think it would be a good situation for Florida State to bring him back for anyone involved. I think Josh would be a much uh, would would be much better suited to find a school that's much closer to home where he's not going to have to deal with, you know, everything that came from what he, you know, what happened in the first place the first time he was here. So that's, uh, that's my thoughts on that. You know, I think that, you know, it's, it's best for all parties, but that'll do it for this second segment of the Locked On Seminoles podcast. Uh, I hope you guys have enjoyed it. We're going to get in, we're going to talk a little bit about this, this weekend's, uh, major recruiting weekend at Florida State. So I, uh, I've got plenty of time to talk about it this time, not like the last time where I just had to run through the last little bit of it, but we've got a, we got plenty of time to talk about it because there are a lot of guys coming in. Um, but before we get into that, guys are terrible at taking care of their health. Whether it's a knee injury, bad back, something worse, guys are usually more comfortable rubbing some dirt on it rather than see a doctor. You know, I'm guilty of it myself. There's been plenty of times... Uh, more Marine Corps stories than I can count 
where I just, you know, rubbed some dirt on it and then didn't go to the doctor and now I have a bone sticking up out of my foot. Yay. Uh, the same is true for erectile dysfunction. Studies show 70% of guys who experience ED don't get treated for it. Thankfully, Roman created an easy way to get checked out by a doctor and get treated for ED online. Roman is one-stop shop where licensed U.S. physicians can diagnose ED and ship medication right to your door. With Roman, there are no waiting rooms, awkward face-to-face conversations, or uncomfortable trips to the pharmacy. You can handle everything discreetly online. All you have to do is visit GetRoman.com forward slash locked. Fill out a brief medical onboarding chat, onboarding, chat with a doctor, and get FDA-approved ED meds delivered to your door in discreet, unmarked packaging. So... For a free online visit, go to GetRoman.com slash locked. That's GetRoman.com slash locked for a free online visit. GetRoman.com slash locked. Thanks for sticking with me as we go into this final segment. And I hope that uh, was as uncomfortable for you guys as it was for me to read that. But, um, yeah. So, anyways, moving on. The uh, Florida State's got a bunch of top recruits coming in this weekend. They're bringing in 15 total prospects, including eight commits. So, um, just going to start out with the commitment list. Uh, Curtis Fan, Derek McClendon, Jaleel McRae, um, Renardo Green now, and True Thompson are guys that have been... Uh, that are, that are locked into Florida State. Those guys are going to end up in this class. Renardo Green was, you know, at, what, three weeks ago, was probably going to flip to Ohio State. Urban Meyer's leaving. Uh, he reaffirmed his commitment to Florida State is now sticking with the Seminoles. So uh, those five guys, Fan, McClendon, McRae, uh, oh, I'm sorry, Maurice Goolsby is also coming in, um, and True Thompson, as well as Renardo Green, are guys that are are locked into Florida State and you know they'll, they'll just be they'll be on campus getting their tours and enjoying the visits and then they'll also be helping to recruit the guys that really haven't been uh or the un- uncommitted guys as well as the guys whose commitments have been a little shaky uh maybe not maybe shaky's not the right word but have been looking around um the other two guys that were looking around but are committed are Kalen Deloach who is still being courted by Michigan and Auburn, and then Akeem Dent, who is still being courted by Alabama. Um, getting Dent on campus this weekend is go- is uh, a good sign for Florida State because Florida State wants him to sign early. He said uh, he said in a an article the other day, I believe it was twenty four seven, that he wasn't planning to sign early. Uh, that's not a good sign for Florida State. They want to lock this kid down, and getting him that this is this visits weekend is only for kids that are signing early. Everyone that um, you know isn't signing early has had their visits pushed back to January or has already taken their official visits earlier in the season. So this is only for guys who are taking um, who are signing early that are taking official visits, but. You know, getting him on campus, Florida State clearly believes, and bringing him in this weekend, Florida State clearly believes that they can make enough of an impact with this visit to go ahead and convince him to sign early. Similar to what happened with Asante Samuel Jr. Um, last year, 
they thought, you know, the thought was that Asante might flip to Miami. Miami was pushing for him to hold off on signing early. He officially visited before the uh, in the final weekend before National Signing Day, and he uh, ended up signing during the early signing period. This is a very similar situation. Florida State's hoping they can get him locked in and locked down. Uh, Deloach, Florida State's done a really good job of keeping him in. At this point, I do expect him to sign with Florida State, and obviously getting the final visit before the early signing period is uh, is a great sign, and he'll be on campus this weekend. So that's uh, those are the committed guys. And then Florida State's bringing in a ton of um, uncommitted prospects. I'm sorry, one guy that I did not mention that you know, was committed, and I just skipped over him on my list. I didn't mean to. Dante Lucas, Dante Lucas will be on an official visit. And basically, you know, there's been talk of him flipping to Florida. Highly doubt that happens as long as Telly Lockett is on staff at Florida State. Um, that guy, not to give too much of a backstory, Telly Lockett's been involved in Dante Lucas's life for a long, long time. Uh, and if as long as Telly Lockett's at Florida State, I like Florida State's champ- uh, chances of keeping Lucas committed, and he'll be on campus this weekend. Um, he's also been a vocal uh, c- recruiter for Florida State, so I like Florida State's chances of um, of keeping him committed. Now, now moving on to the uncommitted prospects. Um, Javaris Brownlee, who decommitted from Miami, was supposed to take an official visit to Miami this weekend, is now taking an official visit to Florida State. He's coming with, uh, with Malcolm Ray, the defensive tackle, who's committed to USF. Uh, both of those guys are takes, and I end. I think both of those guys end up in this class. Um, you know, Manny Diaz left Miami to become the head coach at Temple. That was Miami's defensive coordinator, and with that, uh, it opened the door for Florida State to uh, to take Brownlee uh, Brownlee out of that class. UCF is also in it. He took an official visit there, but I do believe that Florida State will end up signing Brownlee as well as Malcolm Ray. Um. Next up on the list is Raymond Woody III, son of Raymond Woody Jr.? I think he's Jr. I don't think he's a second. Um, (laughs) Florida State's linebackers coach, Raymond Woody. Um, But that's, you know, he's he's taking an official visit to Florida State. I think he ends up in Florida State's class. I think he ends up as a linebacker. He's listed as a safety, but I don't think he ends up playing safety at Florida State. I think he plays linebacker. Um... The next, and probably maybe the most important recruit on campus, JUCO offensive tackle Jay Williams, who will be coming in for an official visit. He'll be signing early. This is the final visit that he will take. So it's a great sign that Florida State's getting the final visit, and uh, there's a lot of optimism that Florida State's going to end up with him. Florida State needs to, as I said in the Josh Ball segment, needs to update and uh, drastically improve their talent at the offensive tackle position, and this guy is very good. Um, you know, he's a guy that I think could come in and play immediately, and he would upgrade the uh, the talent at the offensive tackle position. The next guy, um, I'm actually a little surprised that he's going to end up uh, on an official visit to Florida State, but that speaks to the job that Florida State has done working with him, and that's uh, that's four-star offensive guard Keandre Jones, who's committed to Auburn. Uh, he's from Georgia. He committed. Uh, he committed to Ar- Auburn a long time. On yeah, okay. In on July, uh, 
in July. So he committed to Florida St- or to Auburn in July. Florida State's getting him in. He is expected to to sign early. Um, obviously, because Florida State wouldn't be bringing him in. They're trying to get him and flip him at the last second. You know, he's a guy that's that's highly thought of. He's one of the top offensive guards in the country. Florida State needs to bring in as much offensive tackle or offensive line talent as it possibly can. So, you know, th- with uh, with him coming in, it's it's going to be a tough flip. You know, Auburn is uh, Auburn has had him locked in for a while. It's going to be a very tough flip. But getting him on campus for two days and getting the final visit has to mean something. Um, you know. I'm sure Auburn's going to try and put a stop to the visits, you know, try and get him to not visit because, you know, anything can happen when a, uh, you know, when a kid visited visits, but, um, you know, at this point it seems like he's going to still end up at Auburn, but you know, Florida state's, uh, getting a visit would be huge and having a chance for, uh, for him to flip because Florida state needs as much offensive line talent as they can get. But uh, that's going to do it for the official visitors. Uh, I'm going to read the list again. It's Javaris Brownlee, Dante Lucas. Actually, I'm going to read them again and include positions and rankings. Why not? Uh, Three-star cornerback, Javaris Brownlee. Four-star offensive guard, Dante Lucas, who's a Florida State commitment. Four-star defensive end, Curtis Fan. Florida State commitment. Three-star defensive end, Derek McClendon. Florida State commitment. Oh, I did not talk about Maurice Smith. I keep screwing this up. I keep screwing up the uh, the list, and just I, you know, I don't have it in order. Uh, Maurice Smith committed to Boston College. Florida State is bringing him in for an official visit. Um, you know, we'll have to wait and see if Florida State can flip him. But he's a uh, he's a very talented kid, and he's you know he's from Miami Central, so you know it's a uh, much closer for Florida State or for him to go to Florida State than it is for him to go to Boston. But, you know, he's a pretty talented guy. A lot of guys, a lot of uh, teams have jumped in on him of late as far as I, as far as, as much as I believe. I think uh, Miami was in on him. Yeah, Miami was in on him. Florida State's been in on him. So, and he's committed to Boston College. So he's also coming in. So going to start this, uh, start this over again. Three-star cornerback, Javars Brownlee, Dante Lucas, four-star offensive guard, four-star defensive end, Curtis Fan. Three-star defensive end, Derek McClendon. Three-star guard, Maurice Smith. Four-star linebacker, Jaleel McCray. Three-star defensive tackle, Malcolm Ray. Four-star linebacker, Kalen Deloach. Five-star cornerback, Akeem Dent. Three-star cornerback, uh, Renardo Green. Three-star wide receiver, Maurice Goolsby. Three-star defensive tackle, True Thompson. Four-star safety, Raymond Woody III. Three-star JUCO offensive tackle Jay Williams and four-star offensive guard Keandre Jones. Those are the official visitors this weekend. I hope that wasn't too much for you guys. Uh, and I didn't miss anybody this time, so yay me. But that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Seminoles podcast. I'll be back again tomorrow to talk about the offensive coordinator, uh, the offensive coordinator search because that's what we do. We talk about the offensive coordinator search as it enters, you know, day eleven, but. Don't expect to hire tonight. Maybe we'll get one tomorrow. At this point, I don't expect one until sometime next week. Um, but we'll just uh, we'll have to wait and see at this point. But that'll do it for this edition of the Locked On Seminoles podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it. For the Locked On Seminoles podcast, I'm Wayne McGee the Third. Have a wonderful.